Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Yeah, the clap's always the best part. I just love that for Ian, who has to listen to it every week. Um, well, hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Glee Aggressive. Aggressive. Um, my name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky, and we have a very special guest today. Um, his Broadway credits, holy shit, include West Side Story... And the music man with the famous uh, Hugh Jackman and who? Sutton Foster. Um, Never who, heard of him. Who? Hugh? No. Whom? Hume. Um, Hume Jackman. Um, he is a musician, <laughs> composer, um, delightful human being, and one of my best friends. You may know him from Podcats, a podcast about cats, the musical, not the animal. We just know him here as Paul Regano. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm so psyched to be here. Can I just we were say, so psyched to have you. Having heard that intro, uh, I guess spoilers slightly for you, Ian, but I am actually shocked. They never got Sutton Foster on Glee, and I, yeah, considering that's, a, that's a, why did that never happen? Considering she was willing to do Gilmore Girls revival, but <laughs> yeah, but she never but, was mean, on Bun, Glee. Bunheads overlapped with with glee didn't it was she like already making a name for herself in tv and, and film at that point the fever dream that was bunheads um a show that's I... very hard to watch i think might have been pre-glee oh no glee glee was Ooh. before bunheads but regardless okay like they i don't know i don't know if adina menzel was considered like mainstream tv actress not, at that not time yet yeah no not no, yet she was she was very much a broadway darling yeah exactly everyone was like oh my god they got you know yeah, yeah. no one broadway was popping in because Dina they were like for a that's cameo. kristen chenoweth of pushing daisy's fame they were like it's kristen chenoweth <laughs> of of wicked it's Glinda. it's wicked I mean, yeah. by the time by the time adina was appearing on uh on glee Wicked had already been a cultural phenomenon yeah. for at least five years. Right. Almost seven, maybe? And Glee catering to the theater audience, like, they that was fan service because they yeah. knew they were getting Elphaba. 100%. Right. Like, they didn't, ha- they didn't have to justify just getting any name to mm-hmm. guest star. Mm-hmm. I, just gonna say, I don't even know if Adina Menzel returns. I know she does. She I does. know she does. But um, not in this episode. No. Um, which is kind of weird because we are going to regionals. We are. Where um, we get to see Kathy Griffin. Where we see Kathy Ugh. Griffin. We'll talk about Kathy Griffin. Yes, folks. <laughs> today we are here to discuss season two, episode 16, entitled Original Song. Uh, woof. This episode originally aired March yes. 15th of 2011. The Ides, one might say. Ooh, is, yes. is that the Ides of March? That is indeed question was that your first ever ides of march extravaganza year uh no that was 2013 okay Poppy. so this okay. one but might call this episode foreshadowing paul has hired me probably the most of anybody <laughs> i know we need and to <laughs> we need to put like our bias on the line like yeah our bi- full bias here <laughs> this is a this is a best friends only podcast um only 
the tiniest bit having to do with the fact that Paul has hired me for a gajillion projects, all of which I'm always excited to be part of and I love. Can I say, though, can I say, even if it is uh, absolute nepotism, you uh, made the right choice in calling me for this episode, one about original composition. Totally and, didn't even and, realize that until oh, I was no, watching the no, episode today. No, we planned it because we're we very good. We sat out for episode one a year ago and said, original song sounds That's like Paul's Paul. episode. <laughs> we don't know anyone else that writes music but this no. Fregano guy. I know. You so, were smoking cigars. Yes. <laughs> we were. It was, it was the inauguration day. We were celebrating. Yes. That's it. <laughs> I know. It's very fortuitous that we have two people who have, in theory, written songs uh, in this podcast today. Uh, none of them are me. Um, but <laughs> two-thirds is a pretty big, like, ratio. It's, yeah. Those are good odds. So You need two-thirds of Congress to uh, yeah. declare war. So and, yeah. and maybe Congress will perform some original songs next time they meet. Ooh. <sighs> Boy, I hope. Congress Boy, the musical. Um. So, Paul, first, before we get into this episode, have you interfaced with Glee before? I have. I okay. did when it first came out. I was okay. super excited. Uh, I remember when that they just released the the Journey clip and the, the that long trailer. Right. People were, like, creaming their jeans, and I my jeans were not spotless. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So, yeah, you were the target demographic, one might say. Yes. Did you keep up with it? Not remotely. Okay. Uh, but this, where I, the episode I just watched was probably one of the last ones that I watched at the time. It was, mm-hmm. I thought it was even earlier in season two, but it just got to a point for me where I was like, they were stacking up in my DVR because back then we didn't have Hulu and <laughs> mm-hmm. you would yep. have to DVR shows, children. Yep. Um, and I was like, it felt like homework. I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm done with it. Yeah, play. that's fair. Right. That was essentially my story, but much earlier. We're sort of like, every day we creep closer to the point where even Glee fans just sort of stopped watching the show. Um, that tracks. But not quite yet. This and was... I say that with no, with no judgment, of course. You know, still you know, a lot of talent in that show, a lot of good things happening, and people got a lot of joy out of it for many years. So who, you know, right. good for them. It just was no longer for me. And that's okay. But now you get to come back and revisit it. In this, exactly. In this episode... Yes. Which, which this episode just certainly starts it just begins doesn't it <laughs> there's no recap i mean they, I, there's, like, there's i was shit. so i was ready for the recap and that's what you missed last week on glee right that yeah, whole, like i was like okay at least i'll know like where in the plot line we are nope. i had not no today clue. satan here's what you're gonna just know guns we're gonna adam levine <laughs> yeah Close it's time. adam levine immediately <laughs> like no warning like um, it's, it's funny because we were just talking about what a Maroon Five song last episode, Ian, um, his terrible. I song. believe you. I just don't remember. Well, we were, they did that Neon Tree song, Animal, and if you pluralize that yes. song, Animals, it's a Maroon Five song. Um, <laughs> that's the math, yeah. Well, but, they do. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's the misery. That's what it was. Sorry, I'm remembering yes, now. They do. I was thinking yeah, about the misery. scene that comes right after. And it's one of those things where it's like almost a flash mob. Because yes. it, yeah. it, it looks like they're actually in class. Because my first note is like, oh, open on the warblers in class. But no, it's just an excuse to do a flash mob where, of course, Darren Chris has the solo again. Um, and were and... there not like 500 of them 
did not there seem excessive. There's a bajillion, yeah. them. Whereas in, in later scenes, it's like 20. Well, there's right. like the A team and the B team for performances, I, I guess. assume. I made that and up. The, yeah. <laughs> Much like Maroon 5, any Convince white me. guy can tell me, or any like 40-year-old white guy could tell me they were in Maroon 5 and I'd believe them. I thought you were going to tell me that Maroon 5 had an A team and a B team. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that Maroon 5 also would believe it. the same five I thought five he was guys. going that way as well. It's well. Adam Levine, the guy with long hair, and the rest. And anybody else. <laughs> Um, much like any girl that I went to high school with could tell me that they're part of Heim now, and I'd be like, that makes sense to me. That's rude to Heim. Um, I know. I, I'm sorry, At least Heim. Maroon 5 deserves it. Like, I'm, you're uh, right. What, what is Heim? Heim is that, uh, that band of three sisters. Um, Check out three sisters. You would sisters. absolutely know songs if you heard them. Okay, I'm, not, glad, I'm glad that I would yeah. know that, because I- They're, they're great. never heard of um, them. No, but, no shade to Heim. Sorry, I haven't heard of you. <laughs> Um, what, you're definitely listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big fans. Um, they sing the song, and my next note is like, give Telly a solo because Telly Long is here. He's he's right. Broadway royalty. Telly's right. been Tell- here too. He's been putting in the hours on this show. Absolutely, he's making that money. He's hella talented. I, I, I'm going to say this up top. I no shade to Darren Chris in any of my notes in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, guy's wonderful. He's brilliant, amazing performer. But I, I think a lot of what this, the the warblers of it all in this episode to me kind of boils down to like too much of a good thing. Yeah. And I would Kurt agree. definitely addresses that pretty quickly after like the, after that opening number. Here's, um, here's the thing about the opening number is like, it feels like this whole, and this is a kind of a problem throughout the whole episode, that this episode they were like, let's pump this thing full of songs so they were like we're not even gonna bother justifying this song we're just like we're not even gonna set a scene they're just gonna sing yeah in the hallway it's fine like whatever we're not even gonna try to explain it um i this being said i don't like maroon 5 this is maybe one of my favorite maroon 5 songs really yeah i like it it's a bop okay okay also I don't know if this is on your TikTok for you page, but currently on mine, this oh, song oh, yeah. is trending, mm-hmm. but it's a mashup of the Cupcake song CPR. Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh my song. god! So I now no, I've, I've, I've heard can... all of the all the ones that are like Kathy Bates when she finds out that she's cast in that Stephen King adaptation. Yes, I've she hangs up the phone too. and she's lip syncing. <laughs> or the ones that have changed it um, because then it goes, "I am in Les Mis." Les Mis. Yep, yep. I got that. One of you, I think, sent me that. Um, yeah. Good. That means your brand is strong. But no, I've been hearing it <laughs> mashed up with Cupcake Song CPR, which has a lyric, "His dick broke, so I give it CPR." I think I'm not quite sure what the lyrics are. Um, so that's all I could think about. I'm like, damn, they should have done that mashup, and it would have been a much more interesting performance. <laughs> That's oh, that's man. actually how Blaine comes out, not not privately <laughs> right. to Kurt. Right. I don't think Blaine um, ever privately comes out. I think he just gets to be... He's just canon gay from the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Um. one thing I will say about the song, they had a really solid breakdown of that, like, middle bridge section. Oh, with um, the table smashing? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 that was cool. Like, points for, like, point to them, one point to them for doing something original with it. And then they end with... <laughs> This is a paraphrase, but boys, we just found our opening number for regionals. Yes. Yep. So that's that's what it was. They were like, yeah. let's try this thing out and let's right. take it for a test Fine. run. And if it feels right, then that's where we go for regionals. Which, by the way, that's not what they open with at the end, is it? No, Do they? But they don't. They kind of like address that that they're going to change it up because. Oh, that's of you're right. You're right. Kurt's yeah. face sorry, sorry. during this whole number is really. First of all, it's all of us. We're all just like, okay. <laughs> 
This is happening again. It's every student who's not in the chorus listening to this happen through the halls. <laughs> or alternatively, Kurt's face is like the senior who's been passed over for a solo every year. And now is just fucking over it because he's graduating in a couple months and he's never going to get his chance to shine. Right. Right, right. But he does essentially call out Blaine yeah. for say, like for having all of the solos. Um, and though they are breathtaking, it's essentially what he calls Blaine and the Pips, which is completely accurate. And I, I can imagine that Ryan Murphy had like read the forums and were like, oh, this and had seen whatever uh, fans post exactly. Can that. we talk about the fire name that is Blaine and the Pips? Oh, totally. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like. It, I, I honestly, if I heard, I was like, "Hey, uh, you want to come go see a show? Uh, I've got an extra ticket." I'd be like, "Oh, who are you seeing?" They'd be like, "Blaine and the Pips." I wouldn't know if it was like a folk punk band or a magician. So, <laughs> if mm. someone told me I was going to see Blaine and the uh, in the Pips, I would expect to see people wearing boater hats. Like they're not necessarily <laughs> a barbershop quartet, but they're not not a barbershop quartet. Sure. See, sure. that just kind of amplifies a weird image in my mind of like some sort of underground. Yeah, we're gonna see them at this basement in Bedsty, and um, it's gonna be super alt, super underground, like super grungy. But they're still wearing boater hats. Naturally. Does anyone know what a pip is? Is it an uh, only well, um? Yeah, it's Gladys Knight and the Pips. I, yeah, um, a pip can refer to a few things in uh, Morse code. There's mm-hmm. the shorter. Or, or it, it, it's like something grammatical as well. I think it's like that. That's the name of the dot above the eye is a pip or something. That's fun. Oh. Yeah. That's a fun little thing. Yeah. <laughs> we all have I, eyes I, in our I name. I could be totally making that up, but <laughs> nope, it's canon now. Yep, um, that's real. <laughs> in the Glee verse. Yes, that's what a that's pip what is. It is. That's Ryan Murphy's yes. pip. Cut to Rachel's got another new song. And um, I just feel bad for Brad the pianist because he, I assure you he did not ask. He for had any to of learn this. these. He had to <laughs> learn these. And imagine, there's no evidence that I Rachel imagine... can write music, which means she's right. just like this must singing have been like an afternoon him. of her being like. Then it goes da 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 da. And he's like, da, right, like, <laughs> like this is the starting note. Yeah. <laughs> but I also imagine like you know how in Rent. Um, mm-hmm. Joanne has that line in the beginning of Tango Marine that's like, I went to Harvard for this. That's... I imagine Brad at one point has been like, I went to Eastman for this or like something. <laughs> like, I went to Berkeley for this. Uh, what that happened? dude, honestly, I, I don't know that dude, but I know people who know that dude. And from what I hear, he was, he's like, he was very happy to be doing it. And why wouldn't you? You get to write these killer arrangements and then just like, and then play him on TV. I don't know. Like, he was, he was, yeah. I can imagine if you're a professional piano player, that's a pretty sweet gig. Because you just go in, you don't have to talk, you end up on camera, so you have, like, an amount of notoriety. You get to, like, show your mom or whatever. Like, look, there I am. <laughs> with Glee's Matthew Morrison. Um, and Glee Michelle. Oh, I cannot believe Glee you've Michelle never made herself. that joke before. I cannot believe that either. I just thought of that right now. That was beautiful. That was Thank that's you all so I'm much. gonna call her until yeah, the day Glee I Michelle. die. Absolutely duh. Well, because there is um, the lines are blurred. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Um and so my only notes for this whole song is aside from what is Gr- Kathy Griffin doing here, because this is where her name pops up in the credits. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. from from downbeat until the song ended. I literally just typed cringe, 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 cringe. Why? 
until she was done. So what you're saying, Ian, is that you're an only child. This song yes. did not resonate with you. <laughs> no. Maybe it's because I don't... I mean, aside from Paul and my actual father, I don't consider myself having two dads. Mm, um, that's... <laughs> you do only have the one. And, I do, yeah. And... You don't have a fun name that means you can use the phrase the only berry on my family tree, which is the Whoa, only redeeming no. quality of that song. Oh, my God. Correct. Correct. Um, but no, you know, uh, not for me, dog. Is it better than her last song, My Headband? Yeah, absolutely. It's better than My Headband, <laughs> um, which apparently is a, is a running joke that yeah. we get to. Yeah, that, that, I literally had to pause and rewind and be like, did she fucking say... Yep. Yes. Yes, yeah. because in the last episode she yes. tried writing an original song. I yeah. Called My Headband. My, my so head she's, yes, she's yes, in yes. the process of growth. She is. Um she is trying to find her Joni Mitchell side or her Carol King side and um it's I would like, say you know, this is more, little, uh, more Carol. Mm. Sh- sure. Carol King could have Carol King could have written this song. Um no. Okay. No. Carol King. Thank you for is, saying it. I was like, is, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here. It, it would be impossible for Carol King to write anything even close to that bad. Okay. That's Carol good. King could try to write a bad song. It would be better than this song. Carol King? Not- um, also in Gilmore Girls. Yes. This is true. Yes. But yeah, so Finn is essentially like, you're still kind of playing at the pain. Like, you, you haven't really gone deep enough to uncover something that really is going to, like, be songwriting worthy. Okay. Um,. And then we pan over to Quinn, just kind of spying on all of them. Yeah, Quinn is lurking, I would say. <laughs> That's the right term, yeah. Um, that was interesting how... Di- yeah. That was the moment in the episode, just... This is going to sound... I feel dumb saying it. But, like, the subtlety with how she played that, I just remember being like, oh my god, now I remember Diana... Diana? Dia- Diana. Right? Diana Agron. Diana Agron, yeah, is... It was just always too fucking good for this show. She is so Thank good. You. Yeah. She's somehow like somehow the most grounded characters in this universe are Sue Sylvester because Jane Lynch yeah. can do no wrong. Right. Like as wild as she is, she's completely grounded in this. Mm-hmm. Um Diana Agron and I would say Brittany is the third most gr- grounded character. Yes. Because even though she's also just a fucking wild card, like I think, she's just I completely think that's... there. That kind of um, unpredictable, non sequitur yeah. kind of thought process lives very naturally in the world of Glee. And that's yeah. why those two characters work well. Totally. Do feel so grounded because they're grounded in that reality. Right. But for our girl Quinn over here, um, it's all about yes, prom sorry. queen. Yeah. No, tangents are welcome. That's the um, point. That's the point. Um, it's all about prom queen for mm-hmm. Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. They close up on some tiaras and stuff, and my note is, like, it has big Galinda with a gut energy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's... One day we'll take you to see Wicked, Karina. Um, but... This is a threat. It's, so, I <laughs> it's also... It's a promise. <laughs> this was something... There was a moment in this when I was watching it that I was like, that that right there, I can put my finger on it. And I know I'm on a, a, a Glee podcast, and I don't mean to throw shade like this, but... It was a perfect example of my my problem with Ryan Murphy and his writing. Amazing, yes. <laughs> We've talked about a lot of problems mm-hmm, with Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. in writing. Go on. In that she's like, I don't see why why Finn isn't in love with me again. 
because I'm 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 pretty, I'm smart, uh, and relatively sane for a girl. And that line, mm. I was just like, that's not what. That it just so much of the writing in that show and a lot and a lot of other things that I've seen from Ryan Murphy have this kind of I'm, you know, I'm obviously a liberal. I'm a, an out gay man, mm-hmm. and I am very clearly to the far left. So it's okay I can make jokes like that. And right. It's just not. It's just stinks no. of neoliberalism. That's that's right. My... And there's a lot. I mean, in this episode and just so far in this series of. Oh, a white man wrote that, didn't he? I had a very large moment of that later. We will get to it. Yup. Oh, I think I can read your mind right now. But um, the the inconclusion of this scene is that um, the only person between her and prom queen is Rachel Berry, so she's going to keep her enemies closer and become best friends with Rachel Berry. See? What could go wrong? I was excited to kind of have, like, we haven't had a Quinn moment in episodes, days. Like, we haven't heard a lot from Quinn. Um, sure. So it was nice to see her again. But I'm like, this feels a little regressive in terms of, like, her character. Absolutely. She's right back to, like, needing to be here for social standing. Also, Finn is now apparently she win for Prom King, which I didn't seem like was true a couple. Like, I guess he won the football game. But, like... I thought before that his status was so much lower that there's no way he could because he's in Glee and you know you can't be cool right. if you're in Glee unless you if are. That, like, in, in which case if that fine. like uh, um, I was gonna say award-winning football game, but if that no, like win- championship winning football game. No, your first way was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that had that been Oscar-nominated football that game, Oscar-nominated football game, that egot <laughs> meriting football game, if that were last episode. I feel I feel like they could have justified that, but otherwise I definitely agree with you, Karina. It's kind of been so much more into the uh the glee as opposed to the uh yeah. f- the sports. Um because sports are over. It's the winter or something. Um Yeah, everyone knows there's no such thing as winter sports. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway. Cut to what I like to call Green Finch and Linnet Kurt. Oh, I was going to go Mary Poppins, but yours is better. I just thought the mine was collapsing. Oh, no. Does that mean Kurt's bedroom is full of, like, natural gas that's going to kill him eventually? I I did think for a minute. I was like, gee, I I wonder why an otherwise completely healthy bird would croak like that. What does that say about the rest of Bert, Kurt, Carol, and Finn's house? Their whole home is actually a coal mine. (laughs) That's how they were able to get such a good price on it. Um, Turns out Pavarotti is dead. Pavarotti's that bird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, he has to essentially break this news to the council because, as we've established, the council um, decides things. There are no adults in Dalton. There's no, no faculty advisors. There's just just Blaine, Telly, and some guy, other guys behind the bench. That blonde guy. The blonde it's, guy. He's rich white people's kids. They're just like... Take the boy, take the boy for the, yes. for the fall and the winter. Um, I like that Kurt has emotionally attached himself so much to this bird that, A, he can whistle along with it until it dies. Like, I do love that. And that he is willing to make a fully dramatized I'm in mourning entrance into this council meeting. Like, double doors burst open, all black. Tears streaking down the face. He is doing it all. Kurd makes a wonderfully shady statement mm-hmm. about how um, 
we're just uh, we're we're here to practice duopping behind Blaine while he sings every solo. But I would like every, to. It was a he. Well, he sings a solo in our medley of every Pink, Pink song. song or something yes. like that. Yes. Yes. Which they um, then come back do. to. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good. Um, but for now, he's gonna hand off a cassette, a cassette player. A cassette, children. I Where did know. he get that? Is that legal? Right? <laughs> Even so in I, 2011, like, no one had a cassette. But here's the thing. Here's a here's a, an interesting... I don't know why they had a cassette player, why yeah. they had a boombox in this room, but they did. Accepting that fact, because, I don't know, there's, like... It's a private school. Who knows what they have? It, yeah, they, they could just, like, have shit, you know, in rooms. <laughs> Sorry. That's how things <laughs> you know, work. You know the, how, how schools sometimes, like, have, they just they have, have shit Yeah, they in do. Rooms. Like, these rooms. Yeah, they have shit in their rooms. <laughs> like, sometimes it's, like, music, and sometimes it's, like, math, and sometimes it's, like, astronomy. Astronomy? Astronomy? That's very you small me, astronomy. <laughs> exactly. That, that astronomy is nice, nice and thin, too. I love <laughs> Planetariums, I that's the word. There you go. Because uh, what is a planetarium if not just mini-astronomy? Planetariums are pretty large. You know? But like on the scale of astronomy, come on, guys. Yeah, okay. no, I, I, I have to say, you, you really, you really turned me around on that one. I was not on your side at first. How <laughs> big is the universe? Know. How big are planetariums? Come on, guys. I mean, if you're up. talking scale, yeah, I guess you win. <laughs> anyway, so I was watching this scene with my very smart roommate, and uh, and I was like, oh my god, a cassette, and she goes, it's the Beatles, and it's possible. That Kurt's dad would have only had cassettes of the Beatles because he is of a generation when that's yeah. where he was buying it. Sure. I will say, though, what he has is not necessarily the Beatles, but a Beatles karaoke track. That's true. This is true. But maybe what? maybe Kurt's dad was you super remember? into karaoke. Maybe you know, he had a gig as a karaoke host you, I, like, we were, in his 20s. We're of an age where karaoke machines were something you could purchase for your home. And mm, if I'm right. recalling correctly... There was one that you had to buy cassettes for, not CDs. You had to buy karaoke cassettes to put in and sing in your bedroom alone. Um, and and wasn't there also a function on some of them where you could like put a cassette in and record you singing absolutely. to the yes. track onto the cassette? Absolutely. Right? Um, and I would a hundred percent. What a time! Kurt owns that, a karaoke like, machine. A hundred. Like he's bougie. That enough. Kurt owns a karaoke machine yeah. that. Bert's maybe I mean we don't know his knowledge of music but maybe his like somewhat limited knowledge if we're extrapolating only includes like a few bands including the Beatles and he kind of saw this musical son and thought okay two and two makes Beatles cassette karaoke here's tape. something we can bond there you over go. yeah right. so I think I we've just really solved a problem that Glee didn't even know it had which is <laughs> you're welcome. Here's the question though, which is why does an acapella group have the ability to play background tracks at all? Because the whole point is that they do the background with well, their mouth. Yes, I thought that was I thought that was interesting too. Well, because also I, schools just have rooms with stuff in them. That's true. <laughs> they have a good budget. There's got to be at least one stereo system. <laughs> it's private school. Uh, well, let's talk about let's talk about this number here then, which is yes, Kurt singing "Blackbird" by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Which I think he does very nicely. This like, is a yeah, I very think it sits good. really nicely in. It's uh, a good song for Kurt. He sounds his lovely. Voice? Chris Colfer. Oh Colfer's. my god, his yeah. name. Chris Colfer, thank you. Sorry, Chris. Also a fan, yes. <laughs> so, also mean, listening. But... Please return my calls. <laughs> We're also only one degree of separation from him because one That's of our true. best friends actually grew up with him. This is wow. true. Yeah. 
Yeah, Renee grew up with him. So, Chris, if you're listening, because Renee told you about this podcast. You sounded, Come on anytime. You sounded nice today. We love you. <laughs> yeah, you sounded um, very good on Blackbird. And yeah, come on in and record with us. Um, well, with them. I do like hearing, like, even though we've just discussed the weirdness that is an acapella group singing with an instrumental background track, I did think it was nice. I thought it was a nice change of pace than just hearing Agreed. doo-wops in the background. <laughs> sure. Um, and the way they built the voices in yes. slowly, gradually. Yes. Was that was well done. Um there were some really interesting cutaways where it was like, oh, those those two acapella dudes are 35. Mm. I can tell because they have wrinkles on their forehead and facial scars. Every, bo- <laughs> every boy in this scene had a facial scar. Acapella's um, a nasty sport. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Pitch Perfect movies. Exactly. Um, and this is where Blaine falls in love, Let's, maybe. Hello. Let's talk about this. Welcome to one of the two segments of this episode, which I'm calling Clayne's Corner. <laughs> Clayne's Corner? Clayne's Corner. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So oh, my goodness. This moment has been 16 episodes in the making, essentially. A little less, because we didn't meet Blaine immediately in season two. But Kurt has been obviously crushing on Blaine since he met him. He recently uh-huh. confessed his feelings to Blaine, and Blaine was like, he didn't outright say, like, I don't reciprocate them, but... You know, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure how I feel about you. And Kurt was like, that's fine. Cool. But you can watch this scene and go frame by frame and you can pinpoint the exact moment that Blaine is realizing that he's in love with Kurt. And it's beautiful. It's beautifully done. I don't care if you don't care about teenage relationships in TV shows. (laughs) It's so, it gets me every time. Every time I watch, which is frequently, I will say, you're like, and it... And it just really nicely mirrors the teenage dream from when, like, we meet Blaine. Yes. Where you can see mm-hmm. Kurtz falling in love watching this guy sing, and then they mirror it with Blaine realizing that he actually has feelings for Kurt in this. It's beautiful, and I love it, and it could do no wrong. It's great. No. It is very effective. It's very um, <sighs> neat. And, like, he has to stop singing because he's so overcome with his emotions, which means you know it's serious because his whole job it's is serious. singing. Yeah his whole life um <laughs> we'll return to this part later <laughs> we'll return <laughs> thank you clayne's corner um so we cut to the glee room and um apparently my chemical romance has sent them a cease and desist letter because what? sue may have had an affair with the drummer of my chemical romance back in the day and um told them about it and now there's now they cannot do my favorite song in the series so far for regionals. So um, I will say, Ian, I thought of you in this scene because you were so annoyed last week that they weren't gonna that we thought they weren't planning to do this song for regionals. Right. Which is why they were rehearsing all those sex songs. But no, I they, mean <laughs> they wrote in this line just for you to be like, We were going to do it, but MCR said no. I mean that's we're we're also this is the scene where we're back to I know regionals is in a week, week. question mark because in the last episode it was, it was in a week um time <laughs> is time happens as time needs to happen in I, I didn't I wasn't sure that we were definitely going to see regionals in this episode you would think based you on how they were talking right? about it at the beginning of the episode I totally forgot about it too until like midway through when we um, go to regionals yeah when we go to regionals but once again, like they're like, okay, what are we gonna do for regionals? What are we gonna do for regionals? It's time to do original songs. Okay, mm. we're at war with Sue. We're gonna do re- we're gonna do original songs. 
in a week? Paul, question for you. How long does it take you to write a song? Uh, 10 to 15 minutes, but I'm very special. No, I... <laughs> Never... Fuck me. <laughs> so, okay. Less than a week, but that's to, like, to write the whole thing. Also, how long Not have you been writing also songs? Arrange it. Well, uh, well, I don't want to answer that. 12, 15 years? Yeah. Um, so longer the... than a day. Yes. Okay. This is true. Um, and we're talking about also arranging it, but this is also the magical world of Glee, where high school musicians just like to hang out in the band in one of the choir rooms after sure. school mm-hmm. and just can sit in on any chart they've never heard the tune before they can just figure it out by following a dude who plays the piano we're not sure what his role is in the school is he a choir teacher is he a band teacher i don't know yeah as far as we know the only member of this music department is will schuster who is a spanish okay. teacher <laughs> yeah and not Naturally. a good one of either really right but yes longer than a day um, to, well, yeah. to have and, a song And then teach it to ready. a cast and choreo- choreograph it. Yes. Um, and have it be good enough to win. Yes. Uh, also considering um, that these are high school students. Like, with pros, that would actually be possible. It would cost some. You know, this is also just a great um, tip for all our listeners who work in the theater or creative industries. Um, there is a rule that goes... Good, cheap, and fast. Those are the three things. You can pick two. Mm. It can be good and it can be fast. That's not going to be cheap. It can be fast and it can be cheap, but it's not going to be good. And so on, etc. So this was... If you wanted to get from absolutely nothing to winning at regionals in one week, this school would have to prove that they are investing far more money into their arts programs, which we've established they're, they're not. not. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit <laughs> no, of a No, no. This is what we needed. You're right. That's what we needed. Like, again, amazing planning on our part to have you yes. in for the songwriting episode. <laughs> Very smart um, of us. So here's the thing. The reason that the Glee... So Rachel had proposed original uh, songs during the MCR episode, and they all were like, no, fuck you, that's a bad idea, which I think is actually true. Um, but the reason they're on board with it now is because Quinn backs her up. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is when you get, like... I just had this moment also where I was like, this is why so many people wanted Quinn and Rachel together because they have like a little bit of a power couple vibe here where Rachel actually has good ideas, but Quinn has the personality to get right. people to, to to back them up and get people to listen to them. And the social clout. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. together they could, exactly. if they actually wanted to be real person friends instead of frenemies, which I guess is what they are, um, they yeah. could be unstoppable. Um but unfortunately, just, there's a man uh, in between about them. Some dumb boy. Yeah, yeah there's a very dumb large boy. boy in between them, lumbering <laughs> along and making their lives <laughs> difficult. The mental images I'm getting. Um, you you look at Cory Monteith and you tell me he's not lumbering through every scene. No, that dude. That dude lumbers. It's not in a bad way. He just has the height. He has to lumber. Yeah, that no, that's just his center of gravity is just lumber. Yes. Yeah, um, that is. His center of gravity is. It's true. He's like six foot four and just like a giant square of a person. Rectangle. Rectangle, sorry. It's true. Remember, Ian, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not always necessarily a square. Right. No, that's on me. Some ninth grade ge- geology. Geology. Yeah. No, that's geology. Geology. Okay. We're even. Um, so, <laughs> so, cut to Britannia yeah. in the hallway. Unless there's something else I'm missing. No, that's because it. I think Let's I had all of like Britannia. four notes on that scene. Santana opens with something about Artie calling him Stubbles McCripple Pants, Did which is a terrible name. Hated that one. Wow. Hated, hated that. that one. 
Um, I honestly up... didn't even register. I must have been like it's a, in the it's kitchen one of... pouring a glass of water or something. Sometimes Santana's barbs are like, well, that's not really appropriate, but she's, you know, she's delivering the line so well that you yeah. kind of forgive it. This one, I was like, that's a nope from no. me. There's, nope. there's no way to come back from that. No dog. Yeah. She still um, feels rejected by Britney, uh, so she's... But she's still dating Sam, apparently. Yeah, she's no longer willing to say she reciproc- She likes Britney, she loves Britney. And instead, she's going to write what she has to specify is a very awesome heterosexual song that she will write about Sam. Yes. When you have to um, say it's going to be heterosexual, you know that's true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Straight songs only, yes. boys. Um, and then, enter Sue Sylvester with Tweedledum and Tweedlefake boobs. Very funny. Yeah. Um, you betrayed me, and I like to play dirty. They so they open, open the up lockers. their lockers, and out comes a pile of dirt. Very good. Which, followed by Britney saying, I don't even remember putting, putting that, that in there. there. It's just so... Again, the line that, reading yeah. was beautiful. It was so earnest. And, like, Santana looking at her like, oh, sweet. Like, the earnest of, like, you're just so dumb. Yeah. Right. But... Then cut to the Warblers, where yeah. my first note here is just all caps, I'm tired of the Warblers being all about me. Okay. Um, I can't beat the Glee Club on my own. This was the uh, the council scene. Yes. Yes. Where the council... Young is big. Where he says, I think, the, I think Blaine's version is actually better than the original. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, but he announces that he's tired. He's not going to carry regionals on his shoulders. Um, what he's doing now is he's sharing his love language, which is uh, dispersing solos, I guess. <laughs> That's an option? Yeah. Your love language can be letting other people sing songs near you. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Just in the vicinity. Um, yeah, and he's the one that's like, I want to sing a duet with Kurt. Um, and my next note is make it written in the stars from Aida. Oh, my God. Ian, <laughs> Ian, you just broke my heart. I would, would that not be an amazing duet it would be between so the two of good. them? I, uh, it would be, be better what they did. Um, right? God, why didn't they do that? Sometimes. I would love that. So, like, roughly at this point, maybe three years ago. Time's not real. Could have been longer. Um, the one year. Also right now. Also right now. Um, Could have been three minutes ago. It was definitely a couple of years ago. And uh, I was working at a library, and they have, like, teen has week or something has book themes and one year the book theme was like this year we're featuring books and it's called written in the stars um and i was working at the time with friend of the show rascal um and we both were people who experienced our high school production of aida so then for like the rest of the week you could just uh, walk past us and hear us both being like is it written in the stars in the stars oh my god if i if i walk out of this recording singing aida i'm going to be in trouble because zach is not on board for it do you remember remember when um broadway shows would send out little mailers with cds with like three tracks from the show on them from like demo recordings or even you mean how i learned what hairspray was yeah exactly exactly hairspray did it wicked did it parade did it i think but brooklyn uh, did it Brooklyn definitely did it. I had one from Aida, and it was written in the stars, mm-hmm. but then there was another written in the stars performed by Elton John, and I cannot remember who he was singing oh, with. I can tell and you then the third one was my minute. The third one was my strongest suit being Sung performed by the, by Spice, the Spice Girls. girls. <gasps> because, oh, my God. And I just happened to be looking this up, like, recently. Why? Because Aida, there's a whole Aida concept album 
by Elton uh-huh. John uh-huh. and all of his um, like famous friends. So the entire so- uh, the entire mm-hmm. s- the catalog of Aida has um, a version that's like Janet Jackson and Elton John. <laughs> The Spice Girl singing My Strongest Suit, which I haven't listened to that one, but I can imagine it's great. I would, um, I would hope. Looking for the it's, album version. It's a lot. Because, like, My Strongest um, Suit. Tina Turner. Tina Turner singing Easy As Life, written in oh. the stars by Elton John and Leanne Rimes. That's Leanne Rimes? Elton John Leanne, Leanne Rimes. Rimes. That's right. Oh, my God. Um, Why does Aida go so hard? Right? <laughs> How I Know You by James Taylor. Like, holy shit. Cisco's on here doing the thong song? No, not. E- I mean, could you imagine? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is Cisco doing? Do? Like fortune favors the, bo- oh, the brave or something? Maybe I was literally. Or just another at, pyramid. Um, no, he does enchantment passing through. What? Which I don't remember how that goes. Enchantment passing through yeah. is a boring song, which is why you don't yes. remember it. God, I love Aida so Me too. much. I was so looking forward to that revival they were working on when the whole world shut down. Damn. Well, but this isn't this isn't Aida cast. Well, <laughs> this isn't yet. Um, yet it will be. But <sighs> they they vote to allow Kurt to do a solo with Blaine, Blaine which is not written in, in the, the stars. stars, but yay democracy anyway. Here's what I learned coming out of this scene. I don't think the Warblers are run very well. It seems no. like this is a very poorly run Anyone. organization. <laughs> Anyone with a soapbox can grab control of that meeting. I was like, this it's seems like, like a bad way to run a club. Yeah. It's like, remember Lord of the Flies? Are they all yeah. gonna are they gonna die at the end? I don't I don't know. There are no that's adults. What, that's that's what I want. I want <laughs> the, the I want the, the glee where the warblers end up marooned on an island somewhere. Marooned yeah. each other. Maroon 5 on hey, an island. It all comes that's, back that's to the thing. Maroon They'll just 5. keep singing Maroon 5 songs to pass the time. They, they can go, you could go a long, if you're like, you're stranded on this island until you sing every Maroon 5 song, you're going to be there a long you would starve. fucking time. You would starve. <laughs> oh, Adam Levine refuses to die. He is like, I'm going to release this single every year. You will not hey, forget about me. that is a me. close personal friend. Oh my god. He's not. Ian, he's not. Ian, hold on. Sidebar. I met him the one time. I have a sidebar here, which is yeah. I got a text. I'm, this is what I meant to tell you. I got a text earlier this week from my mom saying, hey, uh, your stepfather, who's he's retired. He doesn't do anything anymore. He watches movies. He's like, your stepfather watched Begin Again, did not realize Ian was in it at all <laughs> until I came yeah, home baby. and pointed it out to him because he's really bad with faces. So like he's Aww. met you, but he doesn't like register. What it means, Ian, is that you're such an incredible actor, you just disappear just into disappear. your roles. Yeah, sometimes I'm an efficient, sometimes yeah. I'm a childhood so violent. He watched prodigy. this movie just because he was like, This seems like a movie I'm going to watch today. And then my mom came home and was like, Did you know Karina's friend is in that movie? The guy that officiated our daughter's yeah. wedding. And then they went back and rewatched your scenes. Thanks. And he said you did a very good job. Aw, tell them thank you. And that you were dressed kind of like a nerd. Yes. There, I, Shout not out gonna to that lie, costumer. Yeah, he understood the assignment. Yeah. And not going to lie, there are a few um, outfit pieces that I own that when put together look exactly like it. Ian cosplaying as Ian from Begin Again. <laughs> yep. Brodsky, yeah. Um, anyway, um, we cut to a songwriting seminar, so sure. um, let's pass oh, out rhyming oh, dictionaries. So, oh my real God, quick, this scene. Um, is this how you write a song? I... Pers- uh, Ian? I look up rhymes 
I think I've looked up rhymes maybe once or twice, mm-hmm. and only just because I'm like, I need something to rhyme with this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to work unless I absolutely have a rhyme uh, with this exact word. I look up rhymes constantly, but I'm not a very good lyricist. David but, uses a rhyming dictionary still, but also, well, I get that this was like 2010 or 2011 or something, but... No, 2013 when this one aired, no, right? No, it's 2011. So 2011. 2011? Okay. Like, there's not Chromebooks in schools yet. I can see why they'd need to have physical books. Right, 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 right. And yeah. also, like, the difference with us is, like, I don't know, like, you write for musical theater, which is different than writing, like, I think like there's a pop rocker, singer, absolutely. Or like a folksy, Singer-songwriter, you know, right? yeah. I, I, you know, there's, a, I think, an increased need sometimes uh, for specificity, and that's not to disparage singer-songwriter no, as no, a no, genre. No, 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 I totally get you. But sometimes, you know, this is a song about a boat. I need I need all the rhymes for the word right. boat. I'm going to be using that yeah. a lot. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Right. Santana, or as I like to call it, Santina in this yeah. context. Hey. Um, uh, has, has a song for her, her heterosexual boyfriend, Sam. So here's my first thoughts, which is... Oh, my God. First of all, um, when did they have time to do this? Uh, that Santana and Tina were hanging out. Very rare combo. Right. And also, right. Tina suddenly can play the piano they were probably this, just like we need to give her something to do i guess she can play piano now she's never done that before this is the most aggravating thing about the entire episode and again we live in a magical world where high school students can sit in mm-hmm. and jam on any tune that literally another high school wrote and they've never heard they don't even call a goddamn key signature but the point is all, all of these people all of, all of these students mm-hmm. who were like Ten minutes ago, they were like, oh, fuck this. We don't want to do original songs. That's dumb. And Rachel's the only one who's writing. All of a sudden, in this scene, they're all like, oh, uh, we're monthly instrumentalists and we've composed entire songs. The like Puck gets up there and he's like, hey, this has got a rockabilly feel. Let me grab my guitar. I'm like, what? what is happening? And then it wasn't rockabilly. It wasn't. I'm getting ahead of us. Right. Anyway. Huh. Right. So um, this... The intro to this song I, is the thing I think I laughed the heart at this episode. So Santana <laughs> really? gets up and she says, I wrote this song for Sam. And she says, this song is called Trouty Mouth. And then we cut to a quick zoom onto Sam's face. And he goes, wait, what's it called? And then suddenly Mike Chang just pops his head into frame and is like, it's Trouty Mouth. Because his girlfriend <laughs> helped great. write this song. So he's proud and he knows. So it was just the funniest yes. fucking thing where he's just like, oh, it's Trouty Mouth. It's Trouty Mouth. I love that. Um, Mike Chang does some really great things in this episode. Um, yes. But the whole like grouper mouth, froggy lips, sucking on them salamander lips. Just yeah. This is comedy. Going. This is comedy gold. And Naya Rivera sells it. the shit out of it. Well, she sells it. Come on. Um. I don't know what happens in between that and Puck's song for Lauren called Big Ass Heart. Would you like to hear a fun fact? (sighs) Yes. Both Trouty Mouth and Big Ass Heart? Why, yes, those are available on iTunes. They're, in fact, currently on Spotify. You could go listen to them right now. I'm so happy that you answered the question that was going through my, my mind, that was just yelling in my brain as i was watching i this. it's in i've listened to it on spotify now i've probably fucked everything up for myself but yeah, your algorithm's <laughs> fucked my algorithm's always fucked ian <laughs> fair uh the drummer in this has a great sweater on um if, no arty sweater watch but drummer sweater watch you know it's um, a bad sign if that's what we're noticing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um and there's also like a uke player or something that's really yes, enjoying uh, this. Yes, it looked like a miniature bass I'd only seen before at uh, 
Alex Sobronsky's apartment a few years ago. He has this, it's a bass. It literally is, but it's like oh, the yeah. size of a little uke. Tiny and it's strung just like I a bass. And like, before, yeah. oh my God, it is, and it's smooth. It sounds so nice. Sometimes and they it, have like rubber strings, like a rubber Yes, that's exactly it. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, gives this and, really uh, nice thumpy kind of anyway yeah and um you know it's a contender but they're not good enough here's the thing i'm annoyed that big ass heart is not a rockabilly song at all it's just like right. it's blues uh, yeah and it's not very good at least trouty mouth was funny this one didn't have any funny jokes in it it was just right. i'm almost fat phobic yeah I'm not right. uh, yeah yep. again so it goes guess... back it goes back to that same ryan murphy mm-hmm. neoliberalism that just drives me up Wow. Yeah. So as it stands right now, the de- the definitive ranking is this uh tr- this trouty mouth. mouth song followed by headband followed by big ass heart with only child at the bottom. Oh shit! I forgot about only child. Okay, I would go trouty mouth, card. only child, my, um, my headband, headband, big ass. Heart. I think I would agree with you. Um, yeah, because no, I think headband, that's the, headband that's the could ranking. be lower, but headband is now iconic. Headband's so. got like the right amount of camp to it that you're kind of yes. like. This is yeah. Ben is the Diana the musical of this. You almost universe. right. You're almost in on the joke. <laughs> right, um, but we got to cut to the hallway where we have all of our private conversations. Yep. Um, so Finn and Quinn. Quinn really wants to be elected prom king, prom queen yep. with him as prom king. Fine, um, but it's uh, this whole like, well, you like you got to commit to this because we're together now. Um, Finn says no, not till after nationals, and she's like, but what about after regionals? Like you promised right. me. So he concedes, um, you know, at one point he says, whoa, scary Quinn. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. a thin line. Yes. Um, yeah. But, oh no, Rachel heard. The thing I have to say about this scene is like, well, first of all, you're like, this is one of those scenes where I'm like, this is all very teenage, but that's fine because they are teenagers. So of course this yes. is the feelings about the relationship. Quinn, I think is almost in the right here where she's in this relationship that she's keeping on the DL because the guy is like, I don't want to hurt the girl I just broke up with. Let's keep it quiet. And he's just going to keep so, pushing back yeah. that date, and it's unfair to her. So, yeah. Help, help right. me out with this, because I, I did kind of just jump yeah. back in yeah. after not watching this for 10 years. Um, Which they are They are they, date. So, yeah. I know he broke up with Rachel, or she broke he up broke with her. He broke up with remember. her. He broke up with her, and he is back together with Quinn, but on the On the DL, yeah. They got back together maybe two to three episodes ago. It was confirmed, confirmed at the end of last episode that they're back together, but not telling people yet. Presumably out of respect for Rachel at Finn's request. But Quinn's Quinn's just getting tired of it because, you know, fair. I get that. I get it. But Rachel sees this and overhears this and, um... Sure. uh Uh-oh. So then we cut to... Kurt bedazzling Pavarotti's casket. You know, like you do. You know, like <laughs> as one does. Yes. Um, Need fewer the... rhinestones for this one, but. Right. right. <laughs> um, and uh, Blaine comes in with, uh, let's do Candles by Hey Monday, something more emotional. Um, the, uh, why did you have. Why did you pick me? Because uh, you sing Blackbird made me fall in love with you. Um, okay. Okay. Little, hold on. Like, hold on. Where have you been all my okay. life? Moment. Yeah. Let's pause that was real a quick. Very interesting. Phrase. Let's pause real quick because that's not what he says entirely. We're back in Clayne's corner. Um, <laughs> Kurt is very brave. Clayne's corner. Kurt is very brave because he like is continues to do these things where he's just willing to get his his feelings out there. Where he's like, "Why'd you pick me?" And Clayne. Right. What, Blaine says, 
is he has this moment where he, the, the first part of it is key because he's like, I was watching you and you ever have those moments where you go, oh, there you are. Where it's not like, mm -hmm. I've been searching you for my whole life, but more, my eyes have opened up and I saw something I hadn't seen before, which is me wanting to have a relationship with you. And then, yep. and then they kiss. Yes. Yeah. And that, kids, is how Tumblr got pregnant. That's not, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, did it, it did explode on the internet. Absolutely. Was this still, a, 2011, what do we think? How? This was a pretty big deal. Like, how many calls from Christian moms did A non-zero amount, this, I'm sure, because it was two young gay men, well, fictional gay men, only one of them was real life gay, and kissing on- I wasn't sure if we were- <laughs> Going to address the queer baiting, but okay. Uh, kissing on primetime TV on one of the most popular shows at the time. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not a gay man, nor was I at the time, but I would imagine that being able to <laughs> see this is pretty validating. Sure. Right. Absolutely. And this is where they have their first kiss, yep. and it's a really big, it's, it's, it's it is a lovely moment. Yeah. I make jokes, but it's a great little lovely moment. Yeah. Um, it did break Tumblr a little bit, though. You're not wrong. We cut to another original song um, where clearly a, a white man wrote this. And, like, this was where, like, after the episode, I looked up, like, the songwriters for this. And it's clearly... It's literally got, three white like, men who wrote this. It's literally, like, yeah. two, maybe two white men and a white woman. But, like, it's they're definitely, like, Swedish Scandinavian names. It's... Which, to be fair, is where pop music comes I think comes all from. three of them are men. Because the people who wrote this song was at where... least one Swedish man. Someone else who I think is yeah. also a man. And then Ian Brennan. A known white man. Like. <laughs> you say it like it's something he's done. A known, known white man. He's confirmed yeah. to be white man. <laughs> confirmed white so, man. He's been seen I will publicly And I think we have white. to state right now that what we're talking about is Amber Riley being sung Mercedes' original song, which is just called Hell to the No. Mm -hmm. It's like. Yes. It's like they drew a dartboard and was like, what's the most black woman sounding phrase yep. we can put in this and they just threw the dart and it landed right on like they threw several darts and then this is what they got right like it it reeks of like white people in an office trying to quote appeal to the urban yeah the, urban. Quote, it, the word urban <laughs> was probably thrown around so much in that writer's room yeah how like how how many times uh the day that they shot that do you think they had to use the word sassy yep Oh. Can we get it sassier? Can we get do this just a little, a little more sass? Nice. On their on their oh, mood God. board, it has the word like here's things we have to include for this song for Amber Riley. It's like they have like the word weave circled. We'll be like definitely mention yes. weave. Thank you. And Thank then you. We got. We should mention um, the the tater tots thing. Let's mention that she's fat again too. Yes, like diabetes. Yep. Let's throw that let's, word in let's there. Let's put oh a fun God, rhyme for diabetes so on here. And they whipped out their rival dictionaries. And I can imagine they, like, also on that vision board was that, like, early version of a meme that was, like, a sassy black woman get, like, yep. with the pointer finger, yep. like, and the caption, like, That's I don't need... That's power baby. Yeah. Right, or, like, I don't need... Like, I'm a strong, independent woman don't who need don't no need man. no man. Like, I imagine right. that was, like... That was, like, point A. Like, that's where it all stemmed from for them on this. And so what I could mostly think of when I, watching this... <laughs> is first of all, Amber Riley is the most talented singer they have, really, right? Like, and she's... I was watching that, and I was like, God, what, she's so good. what's Amber Riley been doing? She was so good. And my oh, roommate no. was um, like, she's, she's recording recently, She's a recording artist And recently now. she's, she's like, been in the news for saying, hey, stop calling me Mercedes Jones. 
Yes. Yes, I saw that too. People still do that? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, she well she even says like no shade to the show or the thing that got me my fame, but, but like right. I'm a but like that's I'm just disrespectful. Yeah. Well, okay, quick tangent. Have you heard the story of when they were writing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? No. No. So they were coming up with um, Will's character's name, mm. and Alfonso can't remember his last name, which is hilarious when I tell the rest of the story. Pulls him aside on a break or something. He's like, "You gotta make sure they name your character Will." Smith, because they will, because this this show is like, a, I guess he had a, a good yeah. feeling. He was like, this is going to be big for you. You want people to know your real name. And he, Will says, to this day, people will see us, because we're still friends. We hang out. Mm-hmm. And people will see us in, in public and be like, hey, Will. Hey, Carlton. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All I could think of during this scene <laughs> is the TikTok I saw of Amber Riley months ago with like she's green screened in front of this and it's that audio that's like yeah i did it and you would do it too for a paycheck which is she's like i showed up i was employee of the month like come on we all know of this song yeah like this is what she was talking about when she made that tiktok it's like her singing this song literally maybe the most offensive thing they might have made her sing and she's like look we all know but we all know yeah. you would do it too for a paycheck. Yeah. Yep. Especially in 2011 yep. where there's like how much agency exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this is the, uh, the most Mercedes we've had in weeks. And this is what we get. Absolutely. It's depressing. Um, it's depressing. And I would rank it right below. I mean, I don't know if I rank this below big ass heart or above. I'm going to put it Probably above. Below. I'm going to put it above I, just because the vocals are better. Like I'd rather. I was going to say, I, I definitely would. Um. Okay. I definitely would would put it uh, above only because yeah I say Amber Riley and also the musicianship of yes. the uh, of of the band on this one the arrangement is just it, it doesn't say it's going to be rockabilly and then it's just a bluesy okay thing. They don't me. lie to us you've sold man with you but she so. finishes singing and then Will is basically he doesn't say it in so many words but he's basically like we can't do that black song for regionals I thought I thought at the end of that he's saying well let's hold on to that for a strong contender. Yeah, but he no? but but then he makes them write another song. So well, he, I mean, yeah, oh, he oh, says oh. she's like, he says we'll it's great. Keep that in our back I'm, pocket. Yeah. But let's he keep says working. it's great. It's not regionals material, right? Uh, Which I think is basically code for like we're all much too white to sing that one, Mercedes, and I'm not going to feature okay. you, dead. Of- <laughs> right, because because his character really knows something about picking appropriate yes. material. So yeah, his Will no Schuster shade to ally. Matthew, no shade to Matthew, but come on, I mean, Mr. Shu, yeah. come on. Come on, Grinch. So um, he asks the Glee Club members, what's your favorite song? Here are their answers. Brittany, my headband. headband. Obviously. Iconic. She knows what's up. She she understood the assignment. Santana. Uh, Alanis Morissette's You Oughta Know. A plus choice. Perfectly in character. Huck. Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Sure. To which Lauren replies, only getting better. So, like. And then here's the thing. So, here's where I get angry, though. Not angry, but confused. Will says... Right, and here, what do all those songs have in common? Those three songs, they're all about pain. Pain? What? I'm sorry? You want to like, know? Yeah, def- definitely, definitely about you pain. You want to know? Definitely. My headband, a parody song about an accessory. Um, Is Let's Get <laughs> It On about pain? Let's Get It On? Like, the closest approximation I could, I could make is that it's about this burning desire, this yearning, this blue balls kind of thing. I don't know. That's Do I, that th- is a pain, I guess. Was Marvin Gaye sitting down and like I'm gonna I'm so hurt 
and in pain, so, feeling so much emotional pain, I'm going to write this song about fucking? No, it's got to be I'm so horny it hurts. Oh, okay. That's the only kind of pain I can think of. It's been so long, which it is not yeah. true. It, that can't be true. We're talking about Marvin yeah. Gaye. Right. Well, the reason I didn't think twice about that was because I guess I heard him say, what's going on? Ah. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's painful. Oh. Yeah. No, but it's but let's get it on. Nope, out the window, so, bye. this is the second time in this episode that the the sort of statement has been made that all songs come from pain. And I, right. is that true? No. Um, I think there's a certain amount of pain associated with writing songs, but that, right. I mean, like, Ian, how much, how, how painful would you say it was to write Trash Panda? You know, none like I exactly. Mean, Sometimes it's it, there's like, this great joy in it. I think it's yeah. You know, in that like classic comparison, it's not unlike childbirth. Obviously, mm-hmm. a lot less messy. Well, a little. And like, I guess it, it it kind of reminds me of the adage of like, from pain comes art right. or whatever. Like they're really kind of like digging into it there. But it's like, for my songs, like I, you can even listen to my album. You can hear what songs came out of pain. Yeah, and which ones did not. Yes. Um, yeah. And. That's like there's beauty in that, but I'm not gonna say like yeah I wrote Trash Panda because I really got depressed about like not seeing my friends. No, that's what photos is yes. about. <laughs> I just think they're digging in, and they were the other last episode too of like this idea of like you can only write music if you've experienced great hurt in your life. The tortured artist, and yeah, right. I don't think that's true. And now you two have both seemingly confirmed that for me. So. Also, Correct. I'm so glad I wasn't pretty happy people. Though. I wasn't sitting I here so. being like, I can't imagine. Let's get it on has a tragic backstory. So, <laughs> oh no. I and if it does, I don't think I want to know Aww. it. Aww. Yeah, I'm, yeah. There's happy songs. Pharrell literally wrote a song called Happy, and you're telling called me happy. that he wrote that from a place of pain. Um, Look how big his hat I'm trying is. Trying to imagine that process. Look at it. It's got half the, the happy is stored um, in the hat. Um, clearly. <laughs> Um, and so they have like a brainstorming session where they write buzzwords on, um, on the whiteboard board and Uh like they bring up Sue Sylvester and they cut away to like Sue Sylvester literally throwing sticks at Mercedes, which is, which is arguably a hate crime, but very funny on paper. And it's also like you, you know, you could only pull that off because you had Amber Riley and Jane Lynch. Like what a horribly, horrible joke on paper. I, I get the hilarity of of the absurdity of it. It's just but... you got to be careful when they weren't being careful. I think. Okay. Yeah, and sure. I, I I think I think I just need something a little more deliberate. It needed out to of go my absurdity further into absurd. Yes. To be it either. Okay. Yeah. And sure. I think in the Glee universe there is still it's hard to believe but I think that there is a cap on absurdity mm-hmm. in the Glee verse. Um, and I don't think that this exceeded that. I just think that it, it was, it was, I don't know, it was so lazy. It felt, I, you know, I keep going back to that word, but it's like, it's just easy to just say something random that is mean to it's, do to somebody and then. It's like Family Guy style, like, cutaway joke. Almost, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost riding that, that line right. where it's almost like Peter Griffin says something random, they cut to it, and then you cut back. And you're like, okay. Um, yeah. Right. It had potential, sure. but it wasn't there. Um, a review I read, as I do compared this scene where they're writing buzzwords like how do you write a song you just write and they compared it to the songwriting scene from school of rock um their take was that school of rock did it a thousand times better 
Yeah. I, I would agree with that, and I'm Absolutely. not even the biggest school of Does rock Does that come band, down to oh, is... the charisma of Jack Black? That movie. Probably. Just yeah. giving me another who excuse has, to rewatch School of Rock. Who has more back. Mr. Schuster or Jack Black? Dewey Finn, yeah. I mean, that's that's really hard to say because that's it's like saying, you know, it, it is apples and oranges. The, right. The, the reasons why I would do things for Will Schuster are completely different from the reason why I would reasons why i would do things for jack black sure and so the sort of thesis of this songwriting brain session comes down to loser like me okay we'll put remember that that. remember that emmys remember that (laughs) remember emmys we're back so we cut to quinn and rachel Mm -hmm. they she rachel essentially comes up to her and says like we're friends so we got to be honest with each other are you and finn together Yes, for a couple weeks. I thought there was an interesting, um, I don't know, there was an interesting sequence in here. This was a relatively short scene, yeah. but I thought there was an interesting moment in here where uh, Quinn sort of recognizes and articulates how Rachel is going to move on from this right. place, and she's going to do things with her life, but Quinn is going to stay here maybe become a successful real estate agent, as she says. Yes. And Finn is going to inherit Bert's tire yeah. shop. For the tire shop. Quinn is basically They're... saying, I'm peaking in high school right now, and you're meant for right? more. <laughs> yes, that is... And do you think that that... Do you think that she means that, or do you think that that is a manipulation? She looks really emotional mm. during it. She so looked really sincere, it right? It kind of looks sincere, but like Quinn, that feels like is smarter than that. To be like to yeah. feel like she has more potential, but maybe the teen pregnancy really knocked her down a couple of pegs. So, and it could also be that that is what she really wants. She wants that. that that's I don't know. fine. She looks with depressed her, when you know? she's talking about it. But no, it's true. one of those like it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, who is Quinn? Now? Literally, because... not like Quinn is whoever they need her to be in that exact moment, which right. is completely special. Which completely undercuts. Hmm. I don't know the whole first season where it's like you have this right. sort of fallen from grace queen bee who kind of has to build herself back up through the power of the glee club and like the so like um finding out who she is without the social cash and it's kind of i don't know this episode kind of undoes a lot of that regression for queen Um, yeah right um also like and like they just get so into it like and um, i just had all of this for finn and like for what (laughs) For what? For what, man? Not even for Mike Chang. For Hecuba. Y'all are 17. Like, calm down. He's just tall. It's, yeah. Like... It's... <laughs> right. And essentially, this is where, I guess, Quinn really unlocks some pain by saying, like, you're always going to be heartbroken. Like, you're never going to, like, you're never going to grow if you're always looking for that happy ending. Right. Um, cut to... Leah Michelle crying in her bedroom, writing in her journal. Literally with doing what you said last time. You were like, Rachel, stop trying to write this song about your headband. You've literally already experienced a lot of teenage heartbreak pain. Why aren't you writing about that? And I guess this is what it took. Um, also, we haven't had a Leah Michelle cry face in a long time. And boy, she's still got Aww. it. Oh, oh, the exit <laughs> on that scene, that walk away. Oh, my God, where you're just Ooh, like. Classic Leah Michelle. It looks like yep. she puts. She knows how to storm out. Wrenches it all up. And then the next uh-huh. shot is with, like, running mascara, which is hard to do, gotta, by the way. You gotta have it. Like, it's hard to cry mm, mascara no. off like that, which makes me think she purposely wow. did know. it in the mirror so she could feel the proper dramatics. Leah Michelle did or Rachel Berry did? Both. There you go. Okay. 
Um, and then the three keywords we see at the top of the page there are get, get it, it right. Right. Um, okay. I know that was the song because we literally will hear it later, but I was having a dumb person moment where I was like, fuck, what's the name of the song she's writing right now? Because all I could think of was good for you. And I and the, and it was both in simultaneously <laughs> the Olivia Rodrigo song and the one from Evan Hansen. So I was like, it is, which one? It does have like the dual energies. Yeah. This is if Dear Evan Hansen and Olivia Rodrigo had a baby, and this is the had song they came out with. One but it's a ballad percent. somehow. Oh, it's a ballad. Well, Evan Evan Hansen be sad sometimes. Oh, Evan Hansen be very sad. Evan Hansen's plenty ballad heavy, which is why yes. good for you as an up tempo stands out. Yeah. Exactly, which I, w- which I would say is the best song in that show. I like Sincerely Me oh, Best. Oh, hot takes, hot okay, takes. Okay. But I also um, aggressive. hate the show Dear okay, Evan Hansen. Okay. And so then we cut to regionals, yeah, which is surprise. Wrote, oh, right, it's regionals. Surprise. And that's when um, I stopped. And normally there's always at least one time an episode. This is when I stopped and saw how much longer we had left. Because I was like, I feel like I've been watching this episode uh, a long time. And it's like, half and I was episode. halfway through. Yeah. Oh my god, regionals is the entire second the half entire of the episode? Second act. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sue and Will have a little tete-a-tete. Um, <laughs> then the judges are Rod Remington, of course, <laughs> Tammy Jean Albertson, as played by Kathy Griffin, a former Tea Party um, Congressional uh, politician. Uh, candidates. Yeah. Um, and Sister Mary Constance, who used to be a stripper and is now a nun. This is... Ha ha ha, we can make fun of sex workers because we're lazy neoliberals. This part is one of those moments especially kathy griffin's character where you're like this was maybe a funny joke in 2011 but hits way differently in a post 2016 world yeah not to mention there's just the very obvious and i gotta keep going back to this word lazy just like when they're in the judging at the end i know i'm jumping ahead a little bit but that the first thing that happens is she stands up and goes uh, before I say anything else, I'm not a witch. And it's like, haha, Christine O'Donnell, yeah. remember the 2012 election? Jesus. Okay. Or no, I guess it was the 2010s. Yeah. It, it was but, his, uh, the midterms. Anyway. Literally. I mean, the sa- that's weirdest reference point. The same review right? that said that School of Rock was better um, said that these Tea Party jokes were old literally as soon as they were written. Like, as soon as someone put yeah. them onto paper, they yeah. were already outdated. And they didn't yeah. shoot was, for a while after that. Was yeah. this, um, was this the Vulture article? Our best friends at AV Club. Um, AV Club, that's I what I meant, sorry. Um, which I love. An excellent um, publication. Yes. yes. And I mean, like, that's pretty much all that that scene yep. is. Like, you jumped ahead a little bit, um, which means now we just don't have to talk about it then. Um, <laughs> so... We, do, we have Aural Intensity, Sue's new group, doing Jesus is a Friend of Mine. Of course, that's pandering to the judges, yep. which the nun says. Here's what I'll say. Um, do I like it as a song? Not particularly. Still a bop, though. Like, it, they, it, it bops. They do a great job with sure. this. It bops. They I, do a great job with it. They have some Jewish They have some Jewish visibility yeah. there with the Jewish right. star. Yeah. I had, okay. I had, um, I had no recollection until this scene that Sue had formed her own acapella group. Yeah, she she'd taken I, I, over. Well, she hadn't formed that one. She just stole it from another man who she pushed down the stairs. This wow. is all real things. Okay. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah. She pushed a man down is the it, stairs. Is this the guy, um, Sandy? No, this is just a random no. band. This is just... just a random... Oh, and she just yep. usurped. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, Classic Sue. Jesus is a friend Classic of mine. Classic Sue. Doing a little coup. Like it's a bob, oh, it, it's Jesus. It's fun. And then um 
we have the Warblers doing their thing. So, um, for sure. For let's sure. talk about this real quick. What do you know, if anything, about the band Hey Monday? Nothing. Oh. Well, okay. Uh, formed in 19... I have no clue. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. Absolutely. So, formed in 1907. Hey Monday um, is a band that, like... And I confirmed this, actually, by asking our friend Sarah about it earlier. That comes up once every, like, three years... And I, it feels like a band that uh, they were actually formed in two thousand eight. We were kind of close. Um, so close. that I was gonna say nineteen seventy. I feel like so. I should know about. They have like pop punk, like that same sign of like you know. I don't know if you pay attention this week that that when we were young, a uh, shit show of a festival was announced. Mm, hey yeah. Monday is yeah. like a band that you'd see as one of the smaller texts on there. I feel like a band that you're like, Got if it. you listen to the fallout boy you might have seen them and in fact i do have a single song of hey monday on my uh itunes because back in the day when starbucks used to give out free digital Uh downloads a hey monday song was one of them so it's um one of these bands that sticks in my brain cassidy pope is the lead singer and she won the voice so and i think she might be a country now she's a country star yeah so good for her yeah they're like their associated acts are like Cobra Starship, Boys Like Girls, mm. We the Kings. So you're like, sure. I should know this you're band, like, but I don't at all. You're like second levels to the Fall Out Boys to the which MCRs. is why I messaged Sarah and I was like, "What do we know about the band Hey Monday?" And she's like, "I think Cassie Pope is the lead singer and nothing else." And I'm like, "We have this conversation oh every God. three years." Like, <laughs> um, and what do we um, think of the song? They do. I fucking hate it. <laughs> really? I, well, first of all. It's slow as hell, so already a bad it is. choice. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Second, Karina has a thing with ballads. I don't think they sound good singing it together. Okay. I don't think their voices sound good together on this song, which sucks for Kurt. It, would it be possible to also have a conversation about the fact that it's an acapella group performing in a glee competition? Like, where? There's no rules. Okay. Yeah. It's a I like. Don't you have your own competitions and shit? No, because Pitch Perfect hasn't come out yet, so there's no such thing as acapella competitions. <laughs> we're in a we're in a pre-Pitch Perfect. Yeah, world. and it's just gonna um, show. Uh, um. But well, I mean, my I mean, my note for the next song, my opinion on this Hey Monday song is I have no opinion. Yeah. But the, yeah, same. But my opinion on the Pink song that they do is that it has Diet Troublemaker energy. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like. It should be so much more. There should there's a, it's lacking some sort of energy, and I don't know how else to articulate it. But that this uh, this cover of it fell a little flat Here's, to me. Yeah, I mean, after coming off the Hey Monday song, which by the way, everyone in the audience looks excited. None of them know this song. There's not a single person no. in this audience who knows anything about no. what's happening. How did they get? How did they like let them know that there were electric candles where did, under all their these, seats? Or where like all how these did that performers happen? get so many fucking props spread throughout the audience before right. the competition? Regardless, yeah, I don't, I don't. so by comparison, raise your glasses better because it's coming off of the worst song yeah. in the episode. Um, so then it's just <laughs> whoa, like whoa, whoa, this in an episode with my big fat heart. I I don't know. I I just I had high <laughs> expectations for the first clean duet besides Baby It's Cold Outside, and this is what we end up with, Oosh. and it's bad. Right. And Kurt sounds bad, and I yeah. think that's a slight against Kurt. Um, so like whatever. Right. Justice for Kurt. Justice for Clayton. Clayton's having a good time. <laughs> uh, it does have energy in it that made me think between him singing Teenage Dream and maybe this performance, which is why Katy Perry was like, I would like to cast him in a music video, please. 
I mean, they they should have just done Teenage Dream here. But they should always just. Be I know they can. Um. Right. Um. You know what? The Warblers didn't win this episode, and I think it shows with these performances. Right. I mean, this the the thing that I wrote about this is like nothing about this performance feels new to me because you still have Blaine leading yeah. on most things. You have yep. the Warblers doing their Warbler thing. You have a lot of weird acapella faces. Yeah. Um. It's just like it's one of those like too much of a good thing yep. feels. Misery yeah. was better. And the og- and the ography was just kind of service. Maybe they should have you know, just done Maroon Five. And I hate that I have to say that. Like and like if I was, if I were someone who had seen past regionals, mm-hmm. etc., I would be like, okay, that's just the Warblers being the yep. Warblers. There's no nothing growth. new here. No growth. Speaking of past regionals, I had to point out um, that I guess the state of Ohio rezoned their regions because we don't have vocal adrenaline this year. Who was like the right. big competition in regionals last season? They just—they're not here anymore. I guess it's a very astute operation. Maybe Adina Menzel moved away and moved the whole school and, with um, her. No, or she maybe, moved like, away well, and the program just... crumbled. Without well, no, her. but yeah. we know that it still exists because foreshadowing Sunshine Corazon, the singer that Rachel sent to a crack house, I did see that. went to Vocal Adrenaline to be the big threat. Except with Cheyenne Jackson, yeah, yeah. but they're not here. So where did the school go? Yeah. The school was picked up and moved physically 10 feet this way. So they're in a different region <laughs> so they can compete at nationals. But we have now the new directions. Um, quick talk of uh, competition outfits. Uh, yes, I actually had that note. Can you break right. these competition outfits down? For yeah, me? so we're doing another <laughs> classic 2011 look, which is, of course, your cropped leggings under your dress. Um, and this year, they've decided to go edgy by pairing it with combat bo- boots, a look that is very dated, but I would have 100% done. Question. Yes. Why the combat boots? Edgy. That's okay. like... Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all about it's, the edge. It's Demi, Lovato singing, it? it's Demi Lovato singing in that song that's like, who says I can't wear my Converse with my prom dress? That's a literal lyric Fine. from a Demi Lovato song. Okay. It's the same thought where you're sure. like, we are girls and we do dress up, but look how cool we, we're, we're not losers. We're wearing Doc Martens. Terrible to dance in, but fine. Dare, fine. Yes. But I will say, I hate. Dare I say there's a, a, a tiny air of pick me yes, about it. It is. It is pick me. Like, we're not like those other girls in their dance shoes. Yeah. We're wearing, we're wearing Converse with our, with our yeah. progress. Um, it, uh, just, it has just pre-twee. Awful awful bedazzling on the front though like that really chunky thick bedazzling on the dresses that i thought was bad the boys look fine and a, because yeah. and a big old sash in the back which is like the look a big sash that like it's very 2011 um i absolutely would would have worn combat boots and like a formal dress i might have even done it but you know, we have rachel berry's new new song um called get it right it's so weird because i just wrote a show during the pandemic that the Act 2 opener is called Get It Right. Does it right. sound like this? How does this compare to yours? Nothing. Nothing like this, no. It is your classic uh, wet noodle of an Act 2 opener. Okay. Mm. High praise for your own material. <laughs> I like that you described it. Doesn't it doesn't have to do much, and it accomplishes that. I like that. the idea Great. of describing a song as a wet noodle. How would we describe Oops. this song, though? Boring. Um, But you know me. <laughs> right? I think it was hilarious that they were like into the second chorus before they get a shot of uh, Kurt turning to Blaine and going, oh, they're doing originals. You know what it is? It's... What? This... So here's, here's the take. Here's the take. It's not that hot. 
no one, at least I'm not, is watching Glee for original songs, right? Like you're well, you're watching Glee because you want to hear fun new arrangements wonder, of songs you already know the words to. I wonder if this was a was like a focus group. This is like a test run of something. They were like, mm. could we, we start it? integrating original material? And the answer was probably resounding. Rachel no. coming what? out and singing this song, and I know what I'm about to reference happened post Glee. Um, but it has big like flashlight from Pitch Perfect two energy. Like, yeah. you know when Haley Steinfeld yeah. comes out in the riff off and starts singing her original song, her Flashlight, original song and you, everyone's like, stop doing that. We wanted to hear you sing other songs. That's right. what this felt like. I agree with you. Only I think Flash, I think Pitch Perfect did it so much better. Um, Flashlight's not a good song either, but that's fine. I, I like Flashlight. It's, I mean, I like it. Okay. Um, I have no opinion on it whatsoever. Um, well, I have no opinion on this song whatsoever. But it's, I want to be best friends with Haley Steinfeld if you're listening. Another, you another, another close e- personal friend. Uh, another Ian um, yes. um, fan. Uh, yes, I will say, um, here's the thing I liked. Uh, they brought out Tina and Brittany as her backup, which was nice because yes. they didn't get to do much else this episode. So nice to see them. Hello. We're overdue for a Tina supremacy. Yes. Um, I don't know. The Bedazzled Mike was back. Yeah. The song was fine, in my opinion. It had, like, don't come for me, listeners, but it had, like, early Taylor Swift energy to me. Fair. Um, Fair like, enough. This, I mean, like, I feel like this had, like, teardrops on my guitar energy. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. the earlier stuff that, like, you're not knocking it. Um, I don't want to know when Red but Taylor's version you're also, like, this is written by, like, a, by, like, a teenager, and that's not a right. bad thing. Um, um, I'm also just really like trying really hard not fact. to. Yes, I'm just trying really hard not to. Okay. Piss off the Swifties. Anyway, then they sing this new, new, new song called "Loser Like Me." Do you know what this song has the energy of? What this song? Okay, no, I will say us. this song is better than the previous one. By agreed, it's faster. So great. This has the same <sighs> energy of movie musicals writing a song and putting it in because they want that oscar right yeah this has like beautiful ghosts energy this has i not beautiful ghosts i can't don't think bring of, her into this do not bring i her can't into think this. of the example from les mis but i know they had one. Oh, the one where the one where hugh jackman is yelling at the little girl yeah um, it's, i mean it's you know taylor's oldest time any musical adaptation you want to get that suddenly that oscar, yeah. you want to get that suddenly, grammy please like what if we can get our own radio play with our own shit like if this song goes big, all the money is Glee money. There's no royalty right. money. Right. So it's a little tainted by that. It is, but I do really like this song. I think they, I think this one accomplished, I, this one understood the assignment. This one did what needed to be done. Uh, Mike Chang has some fun thing where he wheels in a slushy yep. machine. and brings the slushy machine. <laughs> they slushy the audience, but it's like tinsel or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's Confetti. Confetti, that's the word. Thank you. Um and I, I enjoyed it. I um I good on them for writing a good anthem. That was that is fun an anthem. We'll give them that. Yes. The only um, things I didn't like about it is during that first verse, Rachel's singing, and we cut to Santana, and she does like this, like a sideline that's supposed to sound like, and she just goes like, "I don't care," and I'm like, "That sounded awful. That was bad." Um, it was also sure. too much Rachel and Finn, considering we just had a Rachel ballad. Yes. Um. I, I did say, I, I wrote it, needs more Tina and Mercedes. It did. It needed a lot more Mercedes. Yeah. Um, and it has this kind of lyric you expect from a song like this, where this, Absolutely. where it says, like, you'll look up, like, what, you're making fun of me now, but one day you're going to wash my car. And I kind of hate 
those like yeah. you're mean to me well i hope you one day you'll work a blue collar job right and yeah. i'm like that's it was, i don't love that it, it, it had that revenge of the nerds energy right oh boy oh boy I just don't, I think those lyrics are low-hanging, and they could, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be a song written by high schoolers, but it's also supposed to be an yeah. award-winning song written by high schoolers, so. And at the end of the day, Ryan Murphy is someone who I think more than anybody understands the power that he has, mm-hmm. uh, the influence that he has over his viewers, and the importance of that, so to not, to not live those values, yeah. to get all mm-hmm. up on my soapbox, like he does with the you know, diet misogyny about uh, Quinn and the the diet racism about Mercedes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I and yes, I get it. It was twelve years ago. Oh, it was such a different time. But like, like at what what's the cutoff? Right. When can it's we? It's only. It's not really excusable, even if it was over a decade ago. Yeah. Um. Sure. Mostly, what struck me about this competition episode, because so that's the last performance. Basically, they end on that. It's just. Right. Their sectionals performance this year was so stellar, right? Like, dude. And the sectionals this year had a, a Sam and Quinn song that I don't remember by accident, and then "Time of My Life," right? "Time of My Life," and then the killer performance oh, of Valerie by a Sam. Valerie. So we've seen basically the best competition they've done to date, and then they follow it up with this, and you're like, okay, well, this one, this. You tied I with guess the other given one, the option, but this given is, the options, yeah. yeah. Um, they won because their competition was weaker, not because they got better. That's right. That's the way yeah. to put it. Um, yeah, and like, even was it the governor's wife or something? Yeah. Um, the only part about comes the judging, in and basically just says, "Oh, again, yeah. more of this." Oh my uh, god, my husband verbally abuses I'm me, and drunk I'm drunk all the time, and my yeah, yeah. Um, You're like, that's oh not actually god. funny. And there's no. What is the joke? There is no there's joke. No it's joke. just saying. Nope, it's no joke. Something. It's just saying something just outlandish let's... to say it. Yeah. Right. Um, but New Directions won. You're going to nationals. Fine. Fine. Um, then Sue just punches the <laughs> the governor's wife. Yeah. Which, right. And we don't talk Fine. about it ever again. Fine. Fine. Just another Sue doing something illegal and wild. Yeah. And it's just fine. Um, Great. Yeah, then um, Kurt buries the bird. Um, Blaine is like, this reminds oh you of God. your mom, doesn't Which, it? Yes! I was going to say, with this scene wins the award for the worst line of dialogue, maybe in the series, but definitely in the entire episode. I bet that casket reminds you of your dead mom. And, and, then, and then Kurt's response was... <laughs> Not exactly, I'm hey, paraphrasing, hey, yeah. but only a that little bit. That casket there, that casket there, yeah. I'm, I'm, Bra- I'm Blaine, I'm from Brooklyn. Um, and then Kurt goes, well, <laughs> this uh, one's sad, smaller. Right? <laughs> yes, right, Jesus. Um... The point that I gave Glee for continuity and explaining why they couldn't do the MCR song, I've taken away because Blaine because. says, Blaine is like, I know competitions are over, but we'll still perform at nursing homes, which directly, directly contradicts an earlier episode where they were like, the Warblers have never performed outside of competition since 1976. But then my favorite part, I will re-give po- give the point back. for then saying, you know how many gaps are in Ohio? Good, Tons. Good Love self-deprecation. A-plus callback. Except- yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna need some clarification on that joke. Is that a thing that acapella so, groups perform no, at Blaine the Gap? had a crush on, on the assistant manager of a Gap, who was like I in see. college at minimum, Yeah, and they did a flash mob um, 
performance to woo the this what is his name tobias jeremiah you're close. jeremiah they did a flash mob performance in the middle of the gap to woo jeremiah yes but it got him fired also you're under 18 I'm and i'm in you. college or whatever yeah you're I a child i'm not gonna date you I, yeah a wow. nice little self and also you destroyed the gap yeah it was a little nice self-dig uh, yeah, at Blaine at himself being like, I know I made us perform at the Gap, and now we're dating. So Right. Um, yeah, he was the, um, the point of that scene is we might have lost the competition, but now we have each other. Fine. Yeah. And then we end with, um, we end with the Glee Club. Um, we needed a forced reminder that Will Schuster is dating Gwyneth Paltrow yep. here. Because um, he said he's on the phone oh, with it's his... Gwyneth yeah, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, it Holly Holiday. Um, because I was like, I don't think I thought it was the 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 one from season one. No. What's her name? Emma. Emma. No, Emma's, she's going yeah. through a separation with like, John no. Samos right now. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I was like in in my brain, I was like, I don't remember her name being Holiday. Right. right. This is Gwyneth. Gwyneth Paltrow who sang "Fuck yep. You." Yes. Um, and so then I remember more about this than yeah. Glee sticks Good in your brain you. in an unfortunate way. <laughs> and so they essentially end with uh, the episode with this little like. Um, we're starting an MVP award. This time it goes to Rachel. Um, uh-huh. I actually... Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. One more <laughs> thing about this scene. Yeah. He says, I'm introducing this new idea as if he's never spoken about it before. And then he says, and this competition, the MVP award goes to by unanimous vote by you all. So they've already voted. So they do know about it. Why are they you introducing know this like it's for. a new idea? <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, um, Everybody write someone's name down and we're going to put it in. Like, also, he says it's going to be a new tradition. Spoiler alert, they never will do this again. <laughs> oh, no. That's, of course. Of course this not. This is not a new Aww, tradition. Yeah. A, this is give Rachel an award. That's a bummer because like they could ease, they could do a lot with Retroactively give one to Santana to. for sectionals. I agree. Um, but and like I like I know we were never Team Rachel Berry, but I I think um, <laughs> they 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 did a little bit of justice here for like we all shit on Rachel Berry, we all shit on Leah Michelle, mm-hmm. all of us here, all of us out there, all of us listening, as well as like the characters in yeah. the show. So it's nice that like they gave her a little moment to be like, I'm a lot, but like you all accept me, and I just really appreciate. She's that. a pain, and but it, she it can sing. Yeah, and, and I thought that moment was really sweet, and it was a really nice note to end on. You know, um, it was, although I will say, this episode was so jam-packed at the beginning that we couldn't, we didn't finish with our traditional end of a competition episode, which is the group number in, like, mm-hmm. the group number post-competition, where they all sing a song together, a la Your Dog sure, Days Are I Over. I forgot about your, that. Yeah. Your, um... To serve with love. Yeah, you're... What's the one they did the oh. first year? Gives you hell? No. Mm. Oh, um, no. Um, my life would suck yeah. without you, which was great. So I feel like you're right. There Holy was shit. enough shit in the first half that we could have cut something and given us a fun <laughs> non-original song Glee number, like where they were like, one thousand percent. Let's sing a fun upbeat number to end the episode with. But no, they were like, we're gonna end it on our original song, uh, now available on iTunes. Right. I'm guessing if you watch the credits, it would have said like, loser like me now available on iTunes. Hashtag loser like me. Hashtags already a thing? Yeah, they definitely were. They were. were. And it was that kind when you watched live TV (laughs) that they would have a hashtag for each episode. So you would would have an episode specific one so everyone would know you were watching live and you have feelings about hashtag loser like me. And that's our show, yo. That is the episode. 
that's the episode. I'm so I'm so happy to have been a part of this, man. Yeah, what a hey. what a weird deep dive into a crazy time in my life. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. It was a it was a blast. It was my well. Pleasure. The good news is you're not free yet because we have to make some choices. Oh. Yes. Uh, yes. So do we typically do the quiz first or the? Let's um, go through the songs the first. Um, okay. So oh boy. Um, so you get you're living your best life and you're about to uh, uh-huh. get some more music for your uh, 2011 iPod, and you have Great. exactly enough money to purchase one single from this episode of glee and so you can only get one and you will be loading it onto your itunes forever here are your choices uh i'm gonna read all of them but only two of these were not technically released as signals which is saying something so you have (laughs) misery only child blackbird trouty mouth big ass heart hell to the no jesus is my friend candles raise your glass get it right or loser like me this is a lot Jesus. to choose oh from. Oh god, that's so hard. That's mm-hmm. so hard. Technically the only ones not released. <laughs> I can remember them all. Only Child and Jesus is my friend were the only ones not released on iTunes, which means Oh, okay, that sucks. So then I'm going to give you two answers because there are two worlds. There are two universes. The one where it was released and the one where okay. it wasn't. Mm. And the one where where they, those two were released, I think I probably would have ended up going for uh Jesus is my friend just for the comedy that's factor. Fair. Um but in the real world where I can't, it's going to be Blackbird because at least most of it is pretty true to the original mm-hmm. and the original is just a good song and Chris Colfer did it very yeah. well and it, it, it didn't try to do too much. It wasn't, you know, I, w- I, it, I wouldn't automatically reach to skip it every time it Also, played. in the world of 2011, I think most Beatles songs weren't available on streaming yet. So if you wanted to listen to Blackbird, that's a very good that point. was going to be your point. option. So that's a very reasonable answer. Ian? Yeah, sorry, it's it's a little boring. Sometimes oh. it'd be like that. Honestly, I mean, here's the thing. There there were some bops. Mm-hmm. Did those bops slap? Maybe. But nothing so um nothing so raucous that would make me go like, "Oh, I'm picking that one." Mm-hmm. Um and so I think I am also going to pick Blackbird just nice. because that's it's sweet. It's just a nice it's little nice. song. Yeah. Chris Colfer does a good job with yeah. it. Um, nothing that Paul hasn't already said. So what about you, Karina? See, here's the thing. Blackbird, very good. But when I listen to that, I also want to watch it because I want to watch it frame by frame to watch Blaine slowly realize he's in love with Kurt. The actual Cute. answer I have here is going to be controversial. But it is Uh-oh. it is the Warblers cover of Misery. Because as wow. previously... Who are hold you? on, hold on. As Who? hold on, Karina. as previously stated, I don't like Maroon Five, but also Misery is one of my favorite Maroon Five songs. So this means I can listen to Misery without supporting Adam Levine. Wow! No, that actually Adam I, Levine that... stands. You know how chill. You know, no, they don't have to. Um, you know how in this episode they were like, I think Blaine's version is better than the original. This is me about the song Misery right now. Fine. What's your wow. favorite Maroon 5 song? Payphone. I really? love that you have an answer so fast. Well, I think because I associate that with the summer. That came out the summer that I booked Begin yeah, Again. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and like, I like the song. I think it's a good song. I enjoy it. Um, and I don't know. Some, I, that was just kind of like I, one of my first so- like summers. Like, summer songs, Of yeah. a lot of independence. I, I was doing this movie now that Adam Levine was in. Can I just say, I... I don't know if mine is going to be controversial or not, but Sunday morning. Yeah. 
It's a good one. It's a classic. It's gotta yeah. be Sunday morning. Absolutely. So so easy, so lo-fi. What? That's one of my uh, go-to karaoke songs. Maroon 5 has so many the Sunday songs. morning to me, Sunday morning is the poor man's don't know why. That's... I was going to say Sunday morning actually reminds me of Jack Johnson's Banana Pancakes. Mm-hmm. No, I think Banana Pancakes is, is much cuter. Yes, but I, they're both Wait. like morning cooking brunch songs. Right, don't, right, right. Poor man's don't know why by whom. Don't know why by Nora Jones. Okay, thought okay. so. Just making sure. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Is there another song called Don't Know Why? I'm assuming so, but... <laughs> could look oh. that up, but... Like, I'm just assuming there's one that I'm not thinking of. But, you know, given the choice between the two, you can only listen to one of these two songs for the rest of your life. It's Nora Jones yeah. every day. A thousand percent. And that's, and that's like most Maroon 5 songs, right? You're not necessarily unhappy when you hear one, but you're not reaching for it. Right. <laughs> um... Second part of our uh, post-show uh, romp, um, uh-huh. you, it's, a, it's a two-parter. So part one, is there an artist, um, a song, an, a musical entity that you would have liked to see Glee cover? Any anything. musical Can we fucking artist? Anything. Like, like, it's still going now and today's artists are it, fair yeah, game. Yeah, today's artists sure. are fair game. Artists that like, could have like, done. Think about if Glee was still happening now, how involved with them Lin-Manuel Miranda would have ended mm-hmm, up becoming. Mm-hmm. It's a classic one. But right. would you have um, liked to see it? Right. Would I have liked to see We Don't Talk About Bruno on Glee? I don't Whoa. think so. N- new shit is what we're talking about. New, oh, new shit. New, new shit. New, brand new. Yeah. Brand new. Like, they, they would have had to have addressed the Hamilton yeah. craze. Yeah. You know but, what I mean? But does anyone want them to? Um, Right. No, that's the yeah, that's the thing. It's like I don't I don't think that that is a highly sought after thing. Um, hmm. Oh God, I wasn't ready for this question at all. I know, all. no one ever. Can is. I say like Scott Joplin? Sure. I don't know. Oh my God. No, because because how? Because there there are no lyrics to his songs. Tap dance number. Um, I'm gonna say. I don't know. Like they've done all the classic rock that I love, or their contemporaries. So I feel like if I said a specific song or artist that they didn't do, it would be like just beating a dead horse um i wish that they did something that was broadway adjacent but not not, not in, in in the mainstream world yeah okay maybe so like what if they did some bet midler they didn't do any bet midler for pop stuff you know no, what i mean not. like okay. no only in miami no uh wind beneath my wings wind be- oh my god did they really never do the wind beneath my wings? They must have. No. I don't know. I'm only two and a half seasons in. Um, no, they wow. never did. Part two of this of this question. Oh is my god. Is there an artist song I musical had so much entity? With part one. I think you're going to have a yeah. better a better time with this. Okay. 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 Is there a musical entity that yeah. you are glad Glee could not get their little fingers on? <laughs> You've touched upon a couple. I mean, yeah. Uh, obviously, I think we've all heard this one. Um, thank God that they never got their hands on WAP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. WAP. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's my. That's the Long Island Ashkenazi yeah. Jew half of me. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get their hands on the WAP. Yeah, the hands on WAP. Um, yeah, that. I'm glad that they never touched Hamilton because you know that, like, I would not have wanted to see Rachel Berry satisfied. No. No one wants mm. to see that. Shoot, no, it would have been, been, been burned. It would have been, been burned. Burn. Yeah. It would have been both. It would have been both in one episode. It would have actually been a mashup <laughs> of Satisfied and Burn. Yeah. It's like like maybe the ep- it's an episode where um, Mr. Shu decides to illegally put on a school production of Hamilton yeah. because it's so hot mm-hmm. and he thinks he's going to make a ton of money. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda shows up and sues them. Right. Does a cameo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Like in Difficult yeah. People. Mm-hmm. Um... 
Those are both very, very valid. Yeah. So yeah, it's really it's really Hamilton. It, it's, That's sure. I think. Sure. It's a a valid answer every time. Um. Uh, sometimes when we have new guests, I think of new answers because Ian, you've inspired me today. That uh, how upset I am that they never do Aida in this. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. However, on the flip side of that coin, I'm really glad they never tried to do ragtime. Like yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um. That being said, would love to see Amber Riley play Sarah yes. yesterday. I mean, um. Sure. Also, I just did a brief amount of research. Uh, Glee did in fact do one singular Bette Midler song. Oh, what they, song? Uh, the Rose. Oh, oh sure. sure. Some say yes. love. Yeah. So that is performed, but not for a, a while. So Ian, you'll probably forget. Right. You'll probably forget that we talked about this, and then be like, "Sure, is that Bette Midler?" And yeah, it will be. <laughs> Paul. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media if they so wish to follow oh, you? Where would you like to be you're found? So kind. Because they will find you. Yes. This is true. Um, come for me, Swifties. I'm so ready. You can find me on Twitter or on TikTok mm-hmm. even. On Instagram. I'm never really on Instagram. Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. I am Paul together now. P-A-U-L-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R-N-O-W. That wow. Good. I've never had to do that. Doing terrific. What about you, Karina? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and technically TikTok under the same handle, which is Epic Adventure of. Um, we're partying. That's it. We're partying. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at iBroski and iBrods on TikTok, ianjbrodsky.com. Yeah. Um, the show is at Glee Aggressive. Um, gleeaggressive at gmail.com if you would like to write in with a long-form uh, theory or analysis or um, diatribe. I'm or just going to send you guys sort. fan Please mail. Do. Please do. Um, Karina, what should they write yeah. in about uh, this week? Please write in and tell us what your favorite song from Aida is and also why yes. it's Fortune Favors the Brave. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Followed closely. Here's the official. It's Fortune Favors the Brave, like Father, like uh-uh. Son, then another pyramid. No. Who? Are we watching the same musical? Yes, and I'm right. It is You're going to sit here. my strongest suit. It is my strongest suit reprise. It is easy as life, tied with my strongest suit reprise. This is science, baby. Ian, this, my strongest suit is my second to least favorite song in that show. How? How? Uh, b- below all the ballads of this show? Here's the thing. First of all, only one song in this show has the line, don't come off so cocksure, boy, you can't escape your jeans. <laughs> um, which is... <laughs> second, no shit. Um. The girl who played, I, I famously a part of Aida in a show that should not, a school that should not have done it. The girl who played, whoever sings My Strongest Suit was kind of a Amneris. Yes, she was kind of a bitch. So, like okay. being in that number and like having to listen to her perform it, you're like, uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, tell email us no, about I mean, Aida. Email us about Aida. Anyway, email us all your hot Aida takes. What's the next episode, Karina? Oh, boy. Oh, that's a good question. I can't believe we are so close to the end. Because um, next episode is season two, episode 17, which is titled A Night of Neglect. Mm. What could that mean? Find out next week on Glee yes. Aggressive. So, Ian. Uh, well, first of all, Paul, thank you again for being here. It was a pleasure. Yes. And come back anytime. My all pleasure, my absolute pleasure. For watching this episode, join us next week. Which does lead me to ask Ian: Did this episode of Glee make you want to watch the next episode of Glee? Not really. Wow! Oh, 
Well, it really, it, there's a lot of closure at the end there. It really ties it off with a bow nicely. Plus, it's, I don't know. You're like, who wants, what if they sing more original songs? 